Hey team, welcome back to another episode of How to Live the Podcast. We are your hosts, Jess and Steph Dadon. Very happy to be with you today. We're always happy to be with you. So we hope you have a fun week planned for this week. We know we sure do as we get into summer in Melbourne. We've got a lot going on. We're actually flying to Sydney tomorrow. Uh, We're going to be up there for a couple of days doing some exciting podcast things. Mm, So much fun. And then we also, we're rushing back on Thursday morning because we have the Virgin Australia Melbourne Fashion Festival launch. Is it that time of year already? Um, So it's a government house and we always get to dress up and wear really pretty clothing. And actually, the governor of Victoria has invited us to a roundtable discussion. Very fancy. I know. I wonder what we'll be discussing. Yeah. So we've got to get there early, dressed up and ready to have a big discussion on the retail industry and fashion in general, I guess. So usually it's the beginning of December and we're in full swing with one of our pop-up shops, whether it be for How to Live or Tubes. And we had actually intended on doing the exact same thing this year. We've been looking for a space so we could do a tubes pop-up. And the thing with retail spaces for a pop-up is it is quite hard because obviously people want to get in a long-term lease. They want you in for a year or two years. And we're always looking for a place for like one or two months. So you have to leave it really last minute. And this year, it's just not really happening so far for us. Like we've been looking, we've almost had a couple of spaces come through and then at the last minute they've fallen through. So right now our whole team is on standby. We have this pop-up concept. We just don't have a place for it. Yeah. So we just kind of wanted to open up the forum, let you know our struggles because it is like a massive deal. You know, this is something that we budgeted for that we would, you know, have this store open in December. Now it's December and we still don't have it open. So yeah, I mean, like struggles are seriously real, but I still have faith that something's going to come available. So do I. And we wanted to put a little shout out here. If anybody knows of a space in Melbourne where they think a tubes pop up would be perfect, please hit us up. We are ready. We have the team ready to be mobilized and ready to go. Okay, on to podcast business. Today, we have the wonderful founders of Paired Eyewear, Ed Baker and Sam Stevenson. Oh my goodness. So we have been friends with these guys for many years now and we were so excited to get the chance to sit down with them and we thought what better time given that we have just launched the 2 by 2 which is our epic frame that we did in collaboration with How to Live and Paired Eyewear. They are these gorgeous cat eye sunglasses that come in four different colors that we have been dying over, you have been dying over. And so we thought this was a perfect opportunity. So these two are wonderful human beings. Obviously, we absolutely love their brand. So we were just excited to have them on the podcast generally. And I think you'll hear that we have such fun energy together because we really are great mates. Totally. So today we chat to them about what it was like leaving their full-time jobs to start a brand. They also walk us through how they've gotten their eyewear on the biggest celebrities. We're talking like literally the biggest in the world. Like Beyonce, Brad Pitt. It's actually crazy and they tell us exactly how they do it, which is so cool. And we chat to them about our new collaboration, of course, and how it came about and where you can find it and all that good juicy stuff. So stick around to the end of the episode if you do want to hear who we interviewed in LA recently for next week's episode. And in the meantime, have an awesome time listening to Ed and Sammy.
We have known each other for how long now? I think since 2015. Properly. And, and remember we met at Jones on 3rd yep. in LA. How can I forget? What, what <laughs> were you guys doing there? Best place for all first dates. What were we doing there? We were doing selling, selling into all of our new stores, trying to break into the US market. And I think we were living in LA at the time. Is that when we were living in LA? We were, and I actually remember, I'm going to be totally transparent with you guys here. We have never told you this before, but we couldn't figure out if you guys were together or not. (laughs) (laughs) And we were like, afterwards, we were like, are they? Aren't they? It's really confusing. Well, and We're also, not sure. And like you'd say, like my partner or whatever, and it's like, do they mean business partners? Do they mean yeah. life partners? So you are life and business partners in yep. head. So we and we parents. actually haven't known up until this point. We've just <laughs> <laughs> we've no, we are wedding. We, we are wedding marriage. <laughs> we are wedding marriage. In we've been married for three years. Yes. So when we met you, you weren't married. No. Though. Yeah. Okay. We weren't even engaged. I don't think. How long have had you been together? Well, how long have you been together, like, pre-marriage? We'll be together for 10 years next October. Oh, oh my oh, God. A whole decade together. Oh, my God. That's great. How did you guys meet? Uh, we met at work. I was in the warehouse at Subi, Subi Jeans, famous Australian company, and Sam was the eyewear designer, assistant eyewear designer. Both of our first jobs out of university. So, so cute. Yeah. Little Ed and little Sammy. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And it was a it was a friendship that blossomed into a romance that blossomed into Along a marriage. Along with Bronte. Yeah. So, well, we were going to say to you, tell us about your work backgrounds. I guess it all intertwines. So take it away. We want to hear the whole story. My background was that I'd studied design at COFA in New South Wales. And I had to do an internship to finish my degree. And Subi was it. And I don't... I'd always wanted to do accessories. I wasn't really interested in doing clothing. I wanted to do shoes or bags or jewellery. And so the spot was for an assistant eyewear designer. And I kind of fell into it, but then I really loved it. And I loved because sunglasses are almost a little bit like jewellery anyway. Like it's such fine details. It becomes like a really intimate kind of thing that you wear every day. You get really attached to it. Isn't it so crazy that like obviously like your whole career now is built around eyewear and it was just because like that was what happened to be available in that internship was in eyewear. Yeah. It's like I could have gone in. I actually wanted to work in magazines for a long time, be a stylist. So my other, the other option I was looking at was a magazine, but then this kind of fell into place. So life could have been gone in a different direction. Well, you do have incredible style. Like if I think of the people that I know in my life, like you definitely come to mind as like this innate sense of style. Every time I see you, I'm like embarrassed because <gasps> I want to ask you no. every, like I want to ask you what where every That's item is from. You too. <laughs> so like when I'm buying sunglasses from him, I'm like, if Sammy thinks they're cool, I know they're cool. <laughs> oh, that's really sweet. That's how I feel about you guys. I feel like we have similar yeah, styles. A bit of fun with our yeah. fashion. And what about you, Ed? Where did you start? I'm definitely like the, the opposite to Samantha from a sort of left brain, right brain perspective. So I have zero creative talent inside my bones. But I came from like more of a maths, physics, analytical side particularly at school and I studied economics at Melbourne University and I thought I was going to go work for the Reserve Bank and then I got this job at retail, a retail job in Melbourne at Subi Jeans when I was at, at university and that sort of set me off on this sort of trajectory in fashion. That was really fun. I really enjoyed that and obviously met Sam there and that was like 
you know, pre-GFC, everyone was optimistic and the world was our oyster. And then obviously like the whole sort of fashion industry slash global economy got hit by the GFC and that sort of threw us all into disarray. I actually got made redundant from Subi and moved on to work for a couple of other brands. But it was during that process that Sam and I were sort of looking for opportunities and obviously Sam had an insane amount of talent and so we sort of just thought that it would be a good idea to start something together and and just have a go of it, more like a side hustle than than a full-time career. Then, you know, it was about three years into bed when I um, was able to leave my full-time job and come and work full-time. It's super interesting that you said initially, like, I'm not the creative one, Sam's the creative one, because I feel like that's also just like such a misconception of what creativity is, because when I think of you, like, you are a creative thinker, like, you're a marketer, you think outside the box to run your own business, you do have creative elements. And I, and I, when you said that, I thought of me and Stephanie where like people would refer to me as the creative one because I'm creative in the same way that Sam is the traditional, you know, Doing with the design. my yeah. hands, create actual things. But it's actually like you are creative thinkers just in a different way. Mm. Oh yeah, definitely like being an entrepreneur is definitely, there's a lot of creativity in it as well. And so you guys kind of went out on your own and you decided to start Paired. Was it called Paired then? Yes. And so what did that kind of look like? Was it just the two of you in it? Yeah, it was just the two of us in our kitchen table in Bellevue Hill in Sydney, sitting around the kitchen table with all the laser cuts, you know, working out how many styles we could afford to produce and, you know, how the range would look. Yeah, I mean, it was as organic as it can really be. You know, I think it was a little bit of blind optimism. We all need a, that. A yeah. lot of <laughs> I think we've had some, you know, not to be naive that we we've had some really great mentors like from a friendship perspective, a couple of friends a little bit older, also my brother who's 3 years older, one of my great friends Paulie who's been in business, who's a bit older and wiser in that field, definitely sort of helped us take that leap of faith because sometimes people say, look, maybe not a good idea, the risk is too high, you know. Always, people always say that. There's a lot of that going on. Speaking on behalf of Sam, I think she knew she had the talent, but we really needed like some momentum from a guidance perspective to kickstart that into gear and, you know, do a business plan and, you know, go out, you know, get a little bit of money invested into the business, try and get a few business loans, et cetera. All those things are important for the beginning. But, you know, we had a very slow start, honestly, for the first three years. You know, there was Sam on creative. I was working in another company and sort of e-commerce hadn't started. So, you know, the only way to get in the door was to arrive with a sample kit and try and take a meeting, which... So you were selling into stores? Selling into stores. And what year was that that you started? Uh, We released the first collection at the beginning of 2013. So like the end of summer 2013, which wasn't ideal. And so like... And no Instagram. No Instagram. Oh, yeah. Still like Instagram then, really. PR was still like the... You wanted a PR showroom because you needed your sample sent out. Yeah. You know, like it was such a different world. It's really evolved since then. And so like at that point, you know, when I think of paired, you guys aesthetically have such like a signature style, you know, I think quite cat eye-ish almost like is what I think of. Was with the styles then when you started that similar the vibe? The first style that I designed was called the Puss in Boots. Oh, I love oh. Puss with in the, Boots. Yeah, with the deco corners. That's what oh, I call it, the so little cool. like cut out corners. That's still in the collection. So that's a cat eye. That's a cat eye. I think definitely... Our collection is 70 to 80% is women's and then we have some unisex styles too. 
But I do think that I'm definitely more of a feminine designer in that respect. So there's always a cat eye on the range. It's my favorite shape. Me too. It looks good on everyone. Yeah. Where do you get your inspiration from when you're designing a new collection? Well, usually I frame it in like a time and a place. That's how I always kind of started. So the first collection was like really inspired by art deco architecture, which I know you guys love. When we we come do back love. to that when we talk about our frames. We were living in our art deco apartment in Bellevue Hill and then we had all these really beautiful like ceiling details and like little brick cutouts and I think that really inspired me. And then so from then, you know, I've done a collection that was like 1960s Morocco. I've done one that's like 80s Caribbean. So if I kind of look at those times in that place, it informs like, like the eyewear shapes because each decade has a really distinctive eyewear shape. And then the place kind of inspires the colours and maybe the architecture or, I don't know, the traditional dress of that country or, you know, there's lots of different things that inspire me. Yeah, I think it's like such an interesting part of the design process that like I never really knew that like I was supposed to be doing in the beginning. Well, because you didn't, you never went to like design school or anything like that. So yeah. you were just like, oh, I want to create something cool. What do I want it to look like? Yeah, you, you and like what, what are the colours going to be? But like, yeah, once someone kind of, Kath Wills, our amazing mentor from Sandspace, once she kind of like explained it to us, it became so obvious and hearing you talk about it, it's like, oh, of course you would pick a time and a place or, you know, whatever it might be to create almost like a story out of rather than just a piece of whatever it is. Well, because that's what gives the product like this heart and soul behind it and and makes people have that connection with it as if there's something behind it rather than just ending up with like a soulless product. So you guys are stocked in some of the biggest stores in the world from like David Jones in Australia, Bloomingdale's in the US, which when we were in New York recently, we were so excited to see big, huge paired stand right next to all the the name labels. So how did you kind of go about that in the beginning? How did you even find those retailers? It was an interesting route, to be honest. As we touched on before, we, we found it really tough in Australia, almost to the point of giving up to say, look, we think we have amazing product, but something's not working here. We're not penetrating. No one wants to stock us. You know, at the time it was Celine, Sunday Somewhere. There were some great products around on the shelves and people at Karen Walker, people didn't have a lot of space to bring in new products. So we sort of shifted and and for whatever reason, we, we had a contact in America who a lovely lady called Lana who had worked in Australia and she was consulting out of the US. And she approached me and said, look, I think you guys should go in a change of direction. People are really looking for Australian product in the US. It's on a bit of a buzz right now. I think what you guys are doing is amazing. Why don't you come over here and do some trade shows? So that sort of flipped up perspective. And I, and I look back on an email that we had been speaking about during that period um, in 2015 to say, oh, we don't know if we're going to do it. It feels like a big investment. You know, are you sure? Can you guarantee that we're going to get any orders? And of course, you know, nothing is guaranteed, but sure enough, we, we got on the plane and we went to Miami in 2015 for Miami Swim Week. It's a trade show called Cabana, which has been sort of instrumental in the growth of our brand in the US. It's kind of the coolest resort show, very hard to get into, very selective. We had some success there. We maybe got 10 or 15 orders straight out of the gate, which was like more than we had had in Australia in two years. Well, yeah. And that, that's a huge amount. Like we've, out at trade shows for an entire weekend and not gotten anything zero yeah yeah so it gave us confidence it it gave us confidence yeah and look we've done trade shows too that don't work so I mean that not all of them work but that was a good one and we were very fortunate to land that we actually 
did a collaboration for that first trade show. So we did an agreement with Cabana where we created a custom frame, which has kind of been part of our success throughout the past four or five years, where we say, look, we, we can't come at it from a financial perspective and have the biggest booth or the biggest brand, but we are very good at product. So let us put the time and the energy into creating some product that you can give to your top 200, 300 buyers, everyone from Net-A-Porter to Nordstrom, et cetera, the swim buyers from Revolve. They all received a custom pair of Cabana Times paired sunglasses. And obviously they then had some interest to come and see who paired was. They came to our booth and we were very lucky that that strategy came together. We've since done three collaborations with that swim show. We now collab with trade shows. We collab with brands. We collab with um, media influencers, etc. A hybrid with you guys who obviously have your own brand, but then also have your own media personality as well. So it's like this great hybrid where we are very proud of the product we can create. And so we kind of leverage that to penetrate a market that perhaps was very hard to penetrate financially. Yeah. That's such a clever way to play to your strengths as well. Like I'm just thinking about it, but like when we approach someone like a cabana or a trade show or whatever, you know, we aren't like our product first, but we're like, we're great at creating a splash, you know? So like give us a booth and we will create like a song and dance and so much promo and we'll make it look fucking amazing and all the stuff. So that's so cool to hear it from another perspective. So I guess it doesn't really matter what your strength is. I'm sure someone could kind of find a way that they can add value when they're not the biggest brand ever. Yeah. And you guys are amazing at that. I've been to your pop-ups and you guys do that better than anyone I've seen globally. That's oh, thank a you. Well, u- very thank you. unique strength that I think a lot of people don't do. We don't do it that well, to be honest. I don't know. Your one in Westville looks amazing. Yeah, it does look very cute. It, it looks gorgeous. Oh, I haven't seen it. It's like terrazzo, terrazzo print. It's gorgeous. Yes. You kind of touched on collaborations there. So you've done the collaboration with Cabana. We've done the How to Live X Pad Sunnies, which I'm so excited about. So you've done these collaborations over the years. Um, what What do you feel like they kind of bring to your business? They open up like your brand to an audience that had never seen the product before. That is just in a nutshell what it does. So whether it's like a Beckham Bridge or a P Nation or a How to Live, they're all completely different demographics. And we are in this beautiful sweet spot where we can touch all these great like customer fan bases. Yeah. And it's such a clever way as a small brand to really grow your customer base. Like you said, you know, when you you went to the US for the first time, they didn't know you, but pairing with Cabana really gave you this credibility, you know, for us with Tubes. When we did our Gorman collab, that was a couple of years in. And then that really like exploded overnight to this whole new demographic that we hadn't been really tapping into before. Yeah, it's such a cool thing to do. And it's like, I'm so proud that it's a part of our business. Everyone's saying, well, what's the next one? When's it coming? I was like, don't worry, it'll come. It'll find its way. And and you don't, you seek it out a little bit, but great opportunities come across every brand's plate now and then I think you know you just got to align on what each other's goals are and then it it should work well. So then bringing it back to paired and like brand perception you know we can't not talk about our favorite topic celebrities because you have had your sunglasses on some of the biggest celebrities around the world. Tell me if this is correct I have here Brad Pitt, Beyonce and Gigi Hadid 
Is that right? Oh my goodness. Brad Pitt, like, come on. Yeah, Nobody like, has their stuff on Brad Pitt. Like, where even is he? Yeah, um, it's, it's weird what people like get excited about. Well, that's what we get excited about. <laughs> there was like Michael Fassbender, who I didn't really know at the time, but we have a business part out of Europe, and he was like, that was the greatest day of his <laughs> life. People love Beyonce. Some people love Gigi. Selena Gomez is I another one. I loved Amy one. Schumer. Amy Schumer wore the Puss in Boots in white in a magazine. That, oh, I, remember I was excited that. about that one. That was insane. I mean, look, Jess Gomes wore our product the other day. We sent her some sunny. She got it in two days. She wore it. She's a David Jones ambassador. Well, we've been actually had on our to-do list for a while now to talk to you about this, just for tubes and for our own brand and our own knowledge. So glad that we're getting to ask you about this now. Like, we want to know everything, like, How do you go about getting them on people? Is it worth it? What do you kind of get out of it as a brand? There's a structure, you know, that you have to buy into financially. You have to have the product ready to gift and it's, you know, it's not a one in 10 hit. It's more like a one in 100 hit. So you're like gifting to people in the US and then like one in 100 you're saying is Selena Gomez. Yeah. And I mean, it's like, again, it's this thing, no guarantees, you know, you might give it to them. Like we had a hit on Beyonce a few months ago that I think we had probably given her the stock maybe six to 12 months prior. You just don't know where that little piece of sunglasses floating around the world. They might have given it to their mate and then their mate gives it to someone else and then the, the someone else is someone who's a big deal or it could just directly land in the lap of Amy Schumer and she wears it the next day. You just don't know. Oh, my God. It's so fascinating. So good. So we've tried like reaching out to some celebrity stylists and being like, hey, can we gift you these or can we send you anything? And it's always like it feels really cagey, like we're missing something. So do you go and you pay a PR agency to see them with celebrities? Yeah, you, you need to have a celebrity agency. So that's something you need to build into your budget. It's a big cost as well. And it needs to be a part of what I see as like a growth strategy. It's probably not something financially you would invest in forever. I think a lot of brands do it as a bit of a kicker, particularly for the US market, it sort of comes hand in hand that if you nail Nordstrom and you launch in Nordstrom, you better make sure that you have some celebrity placement going on simultaneously. Otherwise, the product won't sell. Oh, this is interesting for us because we're currently looking at, we're, yeah. we're going into a, a US department store next year. Yeah. So that's like if you go and you meet the retail staff and you say, what is the key to selling my product? They just say celebrity placement. And that still exists, like in 2019 when there are like so influencers and Instagram and, and all that social stuff. media marketing. Yeah, so I think it's like, you know, you walk in and they see tubes on their shelf and they say, here's a picture of Gigi wearing tubes. Bang, sale, converted, done. Wow. Happy days. Yeah. So you guys are very, a very non-conventional family, which is so cool, you know? <laughs> like I love that story recently, Sam, where like you, Ed accidentally like, got his flight cancelled or whatever. So Ed ended up flying home with Bass and you just like flew home on your own and you like had your champagne and you're alone time. Like, yeah, but that's amazing <laughs> that like, you know, you guys, we never know who we're going to see with Bass or we see you out at parties with him or sometimes you come here and you're alone and you're like, yeah, no, he's taken care of, you know, like I, I really feel like you guys have been able to build this lifestyle for yourselves where like having kids sometimes seems quite scary and it seems like people will literally say it's ruined our life. Whereas for you guys, he's just kind of slotted right in. Yeah. yeah. He, we're lucky. He's a flexible child, but he's had to be. Like we would pl- He's been on more planes than some people have been in their entire life and he's 18 months old. So we're conscious to try and create some structure for him and for our team, but we also, yeah, we have to be kind of flexible 
to live the life that we live and run the company mm. that we run. Was it a decision that you made when you decided to have a kid? Were you like, okay, this is just going to have to fit into this lifestyle? And I think I've definitely slowed down a little bit. Like I don't travel as much as I used to. Like I just went away to go to Hong Kong and China for the optical fair and for some work by myself for a week, which was quite amazing. (laughs) (laughs) But I haven't really been able to do a lot of that work travel. Ed's kind of taken that on. And we were kind of tag team in that respect. I think we're both quite good at adapting. Mm. And that's kind of small business life too. You have to be, something's not working. Okay, like let's be quick and adapt and change and try something else. So we've definitely had to adapt our lifestyle a little bit. So how is it being business partners and life partners? Yeah, like do the corals come home with you? As a whole, it's amazing. I mean, like anything, you know, life has its challenges. I think people say to us, wow, like I've met people who have a business. I've met people who like run a company together, et cetera, but no one has the multiple amount of layers that we now have in our lives. And I think we do it better than most in terms of like, still having a great time, still loving each other's company. You know, we we fight like cats and dogs over certain things in the company, but I think that that's yeah. normal and we've gotten better at like splitting up our roles and also, you know, getting mentoring on like, you know, what your skill sets are, how to communicate better in terms of in a team. And I think your team forces you to sort of be a bit more diplomatic in a lot of ways. Mm. Jess and I realized that like we shared so much in our business and when it's just two of you, you can share so much and, you know, whereas once you've got other people involved, you kind of need to split out your roles a little bit yeah. and make things yeah. a bit more systematic. Yeah. I mean, still I'll say, let's do this. And someone says, Sam told me the completely opposite thing 25 <laughs> minutes ago. And I said, well, okay, this is negotiation. <laughs> and I think like what's special as well about having a relationship like yours in business and also a relationship like ours is that you can see each other as people first and foremost rather than business partners, which I actually think then like allows you to form better decisions in the business because you're valuing each other mm. like mm. for actually who you are. We all have like good months, good weeks, bad weeks, you know, and I think doing it as a duo is so much better. I don't know how people run a business by themselves and they're in each other's, they're in their own heads trying to solve a problem that they can't solve because they're so stressed about it. But just communicating with your business partner and your life partner about these things is, makes it easy. Well, you know, you can like pick up when someone's a bit down, you can pick them up and say, it's okay, I'll take this on. Or, you know, when we first started, I was doing everything myself, you know, so designing, sending orders out, trying to sell them to stockists, I couldn't have done that forever. It would have totally driven me mad because the marketing side and the business side isn't my strong suit. The creativity is. And whilst I understand being, you know, commercial and, you know, selling a product, it's not my strong suit. So having Ed there is imperative, I think, to the business because it's like the yin and yang, you know. And at the end of the day, it's like, why are we doing this? Like, it's not like our parents' generation where they saw life as just like being about working and providing. Like for us, we really want to enjoy the journey. Like that's why we're running our own businesses because it's fun and we, you know, we don't just want to work, work, work hard. We want to enjoy every day. Yeah. And so whether it is like your life partner or your sister or just a business partner that you get along with really well, or even a team that you love working with, you want to be able to enjoy your everyday. Otherwise, what's the point? What are you doing it for? Yeah, I agree. You need to have fun. 
Speaking of having fun, <laughs> so we've recently launched our How to Live Expat collab. We sure we have. have. Now Ed's wearing them, so I want to <laughs> wear them too. Okay, I'll wear mine okay. as well. Let's put them on. We're all wearing them. This, this is chat. like our Captain Planet rings where we all oh, wear them at yeah. once. Two by two. Our fashion <laughs> powers combined. Mm. <laughs> Pink marble. <laughs> Terracotta. <laughs> Milky marble. What am I? Black. <laughs> Earth. Earth. We've loved sunglasses for a very long time and we've been massive fans of Paired. So maybe we can just like talk a little bit about like how the collab came about mm-hmm. and like how freaking awesome it was to work with you guys on these amazing sunnies. How did we even decide that we were going to collab? I think it was last year. Yeah, it just happened. It was when you guys had done client liaison. And you launched that at Superglue and then we were going into that black box um, straight after you, which we turned into a pink box. We had our pop-up there at Superglue Emporium. And that was when we started chatting about a collab. Is that right, Ed? Correct. I think it was only a matter of time, really. Yeah. Totally. Like, I feel like... It was it, always on the cards. But you first... were the one, I think then you were like, let's do let's it. Do like, it. I think you were like super active in it. Like, after you had done client liaison and like, we yes. just... I feel like the four of us have a massive love affair. So it was like only yeah. a matter of time before we got to work on something like in depth. Whereas before we had just kind of done like small promotion here and there. Yeah. yeah. And, and you guys must just have like a seriously streamlined process of how you design sunglasses because... For us, it was a really simple process of like coming up with a mood board and then before we knew it, Sammy was like, oh, what do you think of these frames? Like, and we were like, uh, yes. You gave me a good brief though. You need, to, I think if you give me a clear brief, I can kind of run with it. Do you know well, what? We're, the, we're, not the love best, affair, yeah. we're, we're not the best briefers though, we will admit. Like, because we, we can give a vibe of what we like, but there's something we can't put into words. But again, I think it's because it's our my styles job. are so aligned. Yeah. And because you're really good at it. It's my job to interpret your vibe and then turn it into a product. I think you've pushed us as well. Like when we came to you, the idea was to have like a really crazy arm, which is what we've ended up with the fans. But then we were like, let's do something super basic for the shape. And just we were a bit scared that people would be scared. And we were like, we want it to be really approachable, like just something super plain. And it was you actually that you were like, okay, cool. I'll give you a few plain boring options and then I'll I'll give you a few like epic okay like no this is what you should actually do option which is the shape that we've ended up with and also just like the little tiny details you know like the the nose bridge bridge, yeah. yeah like so good and I remember Ed sitting there with, we were all in the first meeting um, and you were just sitting there being like, timeline, 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 timeline. And like the three of us were like, and this and that. It's and so like we were pretty. getting so excited. And I'm like, what about this color? Oh, look at this acetate. And you're like, yeah. And you yeah. were just like, no, we got to do it right. Well, that's, we've launched within November. So I'm happy about that. Well, people can buy them now. Are they on Paired as well? They're so on Paired. PairedEyewear.com, Tubes.com and David Jones as well. Mm. So Go out and cool. get yourself some. Yeah. And hopefully soon the Tubes pop up. Yep. Hopefully yeah. soon. Awesome. We'll head straight into quick fires. Who owns more sunglasses? And if you know, how many? We both own zero sunglasses. Yeah. We, fa- we give them away so much. I give people my- are like... Oh, I love those. I'm like, here, take them. I've got plenty more. And then I go back I, to the office. I'm like, actually, there aren't any more of these. And I just gave away my last pair. I think you've done that to us before. Yep. You're just like, yeah, Yo, you like these? Here you go, have them. So you kind of like have more of like an Uber model of sunglasses where like you don't own any, you just constantly yeah. like. I own zero. 
I kind of wear one for a while, then I'll move. I'm quite loyal to this, this pair that I like, actually. Mm. I wear the same pair for ages. And usually it's a, I really gravitate towards light pair, like a white pair. So you're more of a milky marble kind I of gal. I am more of a milky marble kind of gal. Well, those <laughs> ones are looking great on you, though. What is your favourite campaign that you've ever shot? Ooh. Morocco or LA? My favourite, I think, is Capri. You shot it in Capri? Yeah, we shot. We weren't there, but we got it shot in Capri. I love How that one. How do you do that when you're not there? We have a really great photographer. She does all these packages and so she'll like choose three locations, like Sanchez Paris or, you know, Caribbean or Italy oh. or wherever. Yeah, I think she's shooting she just Africa. Did Africa. But cool. we used to go oh, and, and so shoot them ourselves. Lots of brands there while yeah. she's there. Oh, yeah. that's so cool. That's so freaking clever. And if she does that, then more people must do that. We will yeah. look into it. That's very clever. If you weren't running paired, what would each of you be doing? I have a small love affair with being a DJ, but I feel like that <laughs> might be, I feel like that might be short-lived. I feel like you look like a DJ right now with those sunglasses on. I might wear them to my DJ gig today. You should. You got to promote them out there. Yeah. I would be designing jewellery. I also really love interiors. I've got a love affair of interior design. So something in design, though, I feel like that's For my sure. path. It's my I journey. That. Who reads a better bedtime story? Me. Oh, is this? Samantha. We're in agreement on this one. I, have a gr- I thought we were going to have, have a great. Fun. I have great story time reading. Well, voices. you have a really beautiful voice. I'm famous. Oh, I, I hate probably my voice. fall asleep. Do I you? hate listening to my voice. Ugh. This whole time, I've just anytime you talk, I'm like, there it is. It's just like uh-huh. really, really beautiful, loud. really soothing, yeah, sexy. Nice. Yeah, it's oh, wow. got a nice deepness nice. to it. <laughs> <laughs> we bring people here to compliment them. Really. Okay, last one. Who is each of your celebrity hall pass? <laughs> you have to. I'm famously in love with Julie Bishop. She's my favourite. <laughs> wow. <laughs> what? Is that I, your I celebrity need more hall info. pass? <laughs> no, I just have a, like, a, a crush on her. I think she's so amazing and I met her through my paired journey and I think she's a phenomenal human being. So she's Lock it my, in. She's my pin-up girl. You have a thing for strong women, don't yeah. you? Yeah. Yeah. Sammy? There's a few. <laughs> Tall, dark, handsome. But maybe, I think my, my favourite one right now is Liam Hemsworth. Oh. Uh. just been in Byron. Oh, well, he's single now. I know. So. Watch out, EB. I know. He was Liam, everywhere in Byron. <laughs> he's a real man of the I'll people. I'll send you some sunglasses. Did you see him in Byron? Like four of our friends, like he was picking up his friend at the Jetstar Terminal at Ballina. He was getting coffee. No, that was Chris Hemsworth. Oh, oh, the, oh even brother. bigger. Chris Hemsworth yeah. is more my style. Well, I think that's why they live in Byron, though, is because, like, you know, you can kind of just, like, live life in Byron and no one bothers you. Like, yeah. I, was at, I was at Topshop picking up, like, an acai bowl and I saw Chris's Elsa. wife, Elsa, like, with her two kids. You know, like, it's just – it's a chilled kind of place. It's a real yeah. hot spot right now. Mm. Yeah. Cool. That's it from us. Thanks, That's guys. Done. We've loved doing thank this. Thank you. Oh, thank you, guys. Lo- Super fun. Love us in our paired collab as well. We'll, ha- we'll have to get a good selfie. Yeah. Okay, let's do it. We awesome. Shall. Thank you. Thank Thanks, you. Guys. Thanks, girls. Love Bye. You guys. We hope you guys enjoyed listening to Ed and Sammy. Oh, they are just such fun energy and such lovely people. They actually showed up to our office with the world's most giant terrarium to say thank you for, I don't even know what, having us on the podcast, doing the frames together. And really, we should be thanking them. It's been such an 
awesome pleasure getting to work with them on this eyewear collaboration. Such a dream for us. So if you haven't seen them yet, definitely go check them out on tubes.com. So if you liked today's episode, please, please help us get the word out. Tell your friends, share the episode. We'd love to see you rating us five stars if you think we're worth it. I think we are. I think we are too. Leaving a comment on our podcast. Also, we'd love to see you listening on Instagram. So share the post with us and let us know what you thought of today's chat. So next week on the podcast, we have something epic in store for you. This is actually somebody that we met a few years back when we were living in LA, actually like five years almost now. Don't say that. That makes me feel old. Oh, sorry. She is the wonderful Kimberly Gordon. She co-founded Wild Fox and she's the founder of Selkie. So you guys know those awesome Wild Fox teas that totally blew up here. I want to say like eight years ago or so, we were just obsessed with the brand. Oh, and when we got to hear Kimberly speak for the first time, I remember we were just absolutely in awe of how amazingly honest and vulnerable and raw and real. Yeah, so so real she was. And and also in a time where it wasn't that normal to be doing so. You For know, sure. it wasn't 2019 where realness was demanded. It was like 2014 and she was just being herself. Yeah, completely. And then years later we got to sit down with her and we actually in the interview rehash why she was so raw and real that day and actually is a pretty crazy story. Here's a little snippet from the episode. We were so over all the Von Dutch affliction that's that all over t-shirt. We were like just simple vintage inspired t-shirts like with that feeling of vintage and it just was this feeling I can't describe the feeling I don't know if you guys have ever had this but it's like a like electric feeling that'll be on next week until then have a lovely week hit us up if you know of any pop-up spaces for tubes we'll we'll be working away trying to make it happen and hopefully next week we'll have some good news on the pop-up we're opening bye see ya